0: Welcome to Nourish by Spinneys, the podcast which promises to inspire you to eat well and live well.
1: I'm Devina Devecha. And I'm Tiffany Eslick. Welcome to a space we hope to nourish your heart and soul. On the show, we chat with leading players in the food community, from farmers to foodies, as well as health and well-being experts. It's all about engaging conversations and fresh ideas. I feel like I should start this episode with a bit of a
0: warning, you're going to hear me eat is that? The um, little Rice crispy type things. Ah, and the Rice crispy, rice crispy. Oh,
2: really? <laughs> Fair enough. Rice Krispies with um, pink peppercorn.
0: Mmm, nice. There's a bit of that tingle coming in. I'm gonna eat all of that, which is FYI. <laughs> <laughs> We're on location today at bricks a dessert restaurant by three Fils, with its executive chef carmen rueda hernandez now here's the exciting stat there are only 10 restaurants like this
1: in the world that's fascinating i didn't know that there are only 10. I-, I can see why and i think for someone who's maybe never gone to a restaurant like this it could be overwhelming like the idea of multiple desserts but I say go Um, I've eaten at Carmen's restaurant I think three times now Um, and every experience has been different I love the sensory kind of the the way everything works together you know as she's putting out a dish maybe about winter then the lighting will change and the temperature will change and the music changes and it's yeah it all just plays and works well together Um, I think I remember her creating something about memories and getting me to remember or any, any diner to remember childhood memories and there was like a fun thing with her like a like popsicles you know and served in a cooler box and it was just wonderful so
0: yeah i guess it makes sense given her history in the culinary world um she has worked in spain at el bully in france the uk at the fat duck no less singapore south africa poland and saudi arabia before she moved to dubai so we started out our conversation by mapping her journey to becoming the executive chef at bricks she's actually from a small town in spain and moved over to Madrid. To study culinary arts.
2: Even if I enjoyed a lot and it was like a great experience, I always understood that all my chefs, even if they were savory, they were always telling me, No, I don't know anything about pastry. Okay. No, this is just leaving for the pastry chef to do it. So I was very curious on what it was so special about pastry because no one wanted to have anything about uh, that side. Okay. No one wanted to, to touch the pastry because it was very technical and very special. So I decided to study a little bit more about pastries. Since I was at the school, I decided to keep learning. In Spain, we have a great pastry chef, but at that time, some of the best chefs, they were in Barcelona. So I decided to move to Barcelona. And uh, in Barcelona, I joined one company that was very specialized into chocolates and cakes. And obviously it was a whole new world. And uh, I fell in love with chocolate. That's amazing. (laughs) It sounds like a dream job working with chocolate. Yeah, actually, for me, it was like, you know, the way that you can create chocolates, not only chocolate that you are going to eat, also chocolate creation, showpieces. It was something very unique. So I decided to keep learning more until I decided to never come back to the savory area. Okay, (laughs) so desserts captured your heart. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So I decided to jump and I moved to France. I was working there in a very, very nice place for one year, learned a lot, a lot of French also. Good. (laughs) And then after one year, I saw that there was still a lot of more. So um, I moved to UK because it was a very nice restaurant, three Michelin stars. They were making so many unique things. Then I have the chance also to work in Spain for a very special restaurant. It's called uh, El Bulli. I am so yeah. <laughs> amazed by that. That's amazing. Tell us more about that, please. Well, we have a dog in the in the restaurant always. Oh, yeah. <laughs> always taking care. It's um, one of these places that you always wanted to go. Yeah. And you get the chance to learn something that you never think that exists. I don't right. know. It's, a, it's very hard to explain because usually you have... Um, Your books, you read your books, everything is written, everything is one way to do things. Yeah. And you get there and everything is totally the opposite. So it's kind of, it opens up all the possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. And there is no limits. And then I moved to Singapore. And in Singapore, I was working in a place because I was very curious. It was At that time, it was a dessert um, restaurant Mm -hmm. and they make a lot of edible art. So, as I say, I'm very creative. So I wanted to know more about how can someone make art? It was like a, all whole walls full of bonbons and chocolate wow. and very exciting and very unique things. And when I was there, they called me back, my ex-colleagues uh, from the Fat doc, mm-hmm. because they asked me if I wanted to come back there because there was a position available as a executive pastry chef. Of the experimental kitchen. Ah, okay. So at the Fat Duck, they have this experimental kitchen. Yes. Which is just a laboratory where the chefs we just play and learn all day around. <laughs> so this one is another dream another job. dream. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> very complete job. Yeah. But very hard because obviously my job it was create new menus, and all these menus they are always based into uniqueness. So everything has to be. Unique, it has to be wow, it has to be something that no one did before, so you get a lot of pressure, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but obviously you get so much uh, knowledge that is is balancing.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I can imagine the, I guess, fulfillment you get after creating something that perhaps no one has seen before. Yeah. <laughs> Must be brilliant.
2: Yeah, no, no, it's very unique, it's very special, but obviously... The stress and everything that you get is is very high. yeah, it's a high price sometimes, but it's very, very nice, yeah. So what was
0: it that attracted you to this role or the city? yeah, to move here?
2: Obviously, the city now I'm discovering that the city is really nice. It's amazing. I love that there is so many cultures in one place, so there is so much to learn from so many people. Obviously, so much food that you can explore without having to travel in so much. Yeah. But obviously, what I came here is just because what they offered me was something very unique.
0: Yeah, I can imagine for you challenges would be around the actual creation of the menu, but then also from the point of view of customers understanding what you're doing. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about
2: that? So, especially the the biggest question is how I can have a menu based on only desserts. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that when we are creating, we create menus always from the point of view of restaurants. And in my case, because my background is Michelin star restaurants, I always base my menus on that. Okay. So all those restaurants that have been working before, they have 14 to 30 courses. So always the dessert is something very powerful, but very light, and it's never very sweet. Yes. And this is what we are following here. We have desserts that they have a full flavor, a lot of textures. They are never sweet and they are never heavy, so I use a lot of ingredients, but I never abuse of uh, butter creams, flowers. Of course, I have them, but I don't abuse or I use in another way that they can give me the hundred percent of what I'm looking for mm-hmm. to give just the flavor, and for sure it's working. Yeah, everyone is living in a very very happy way, <laughs> and a very surprise also because. To give it like an upgrade of the menu because it's a very uh, different concept. What we are doing is also to make uh, the menu with a storytelling. I am behind the counter. Yeah. The guests, they are in front. The lights, they are much more intimate than now. Yeah. And we are also playing with the mood. So, depends uh, which is the dish that we are having. We have a different noises, we have different lightings. Sometimes there is some smells that allowed us to bring you to the country or wherever we need you to take you to make you feel more than only food can take you.
0: Yeah. So with the dishes, what you serve, like you say, you've changed the lighting accordingly Mm -hmm. and music. So you've got like a whole curated playlist. And wow, that's
2: brilliant. Yeah. And obviously through the storytelling, we are just bringing people to, uh, for example, in the In the Silk Road menu that we will speak uh, later on, we have different countries. So we want to place everyone into that country, what is happening around, so everyone has the mindset of where you are at that moment.
0: Yeah. Um, I'd love to talk about the food. And, you know, you mentioned (laughs) the um, Silk Road menu. Uh, So far, since your time at Bricks, um, how many menus
2: or changes have you had so far? So um, usually we have always two menus running. So one is the short menu and the other is the longer menu. Because obviously we understand that people uh, are not so much ready to try the long one. And sometimes you come in from somewhere else and you don't want to have six courses menu. So we always have one short, it's four courses. Okay. At this moment we are running one menu, which is called seasons. Mm -hmm. So we go through summer, spring. Lovely. The whole seasons and each dish just gives you the feeling through the ingredients, through the textures, through everything of that season. Okay. And um, at the moment, uh, the long one, the one that is going to be uh, changed very soon is called Escape. And this one is one of the most popular because uh, in Escape, we are just going through different countries because we created just in this moment where it was just after COVID many of us, we wanted to escape and just start to go somewhere else, but we couldn't go because it was a lot of restriction. So I think that inside of many of us, we wanted to escape somewhere else and we really couldn't. So we thought, okay, if we cannot escape physically, let's escape through the food. Oh, nice.
0: And so that's going to change soon, you
2: said? Yes. Yeah, so this long one, the six courses, we are changing now for the Silk Road. Yep. And we choose Silk Road because It's a trip also. Yeah. So it's a way to escape. And also because Silk Road, it gives you through so many different options. And it has so much uh, going on in terms Mm -hmm. of food, flavors, textures, and history also. Yeah. That we wanted to to discover and to create something based on that. Lovely. So what
0: countries have you included in your menu, the inspiration?
2: At the moment, it was very hard because we have so many countries. Yeah. (laughs) But... We started in China. We go to India. then we are stopping in Persia. obviously, Persia was before, yeah, but we really like the concept of have one of those old countries, yeah, we can bring all the weight that they used to have to eat in at that time, right then we have Turkey, Greece. And we finish in Italy. Lovely. Because many of us, we realize that we know a lot about the starting of the route. Yes. But we don't know so much about the end of the route. That's true, actually. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. So we wanted, since we are here, we wanted also just to have some extra touches. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we are going to finish in in Italy.
0: Okay. Um, Is it a secret or can you share a little bit more about the dishes that are going to be there? Or even the inspiration or even the spices that you might be including
2: in it? Nothing is a secret. Okay. <laughs> we just, uh, the only thing that is happening in bricks we never write down the menu mm-hmm. of any of those uh, experiences. Okay. Because uh, sometimes we use uh, ingredients they are not used to have it into desserts. Okay. We don't put any very uh, strange ingredients, but the ingredients that we use in many different times and shapes is not how people used to have them. Oh, is, can you share an example of maybe one thing? Pickle that... walnut. Okay, interesting. All of yeah. us, we have walnuts. Yeah, 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 Usually they are caramelized. Yeah, but exactly. But not many people, they have them pickled. Right, yeah. So obviously it's like a very opposite, like a walnut should be sweet and we put vinegar yeah. and salt. And obviously it's not the main ingredient, but all these small touches mm. of cucumber, it can give you a different perception of what you are having. Yes. And it brings you to many different places. Uh, we have also a little bit of seaweed. Ooh, I do like seaweed. Yes. Yeah. How many times do you have it on desserts?
0: Um, <laughs> not many. No, I can't quite picture a time. I, yeah, you can think about it on salads. Think mm-hmm. I've even had it in like a, a drink, but can't think of a dessert where I've had
2: seaweed. No. So, for example, in our case, because seaweed is salty, mm. we kind of caramelize, we make it very crunchy. So it gives to us a touch of saltiness plus sweetness. Nice. And at the same time, we can just uh, combine them and give to us a very nice balance in between sweetness and savory. Oh, lovely. Yeah. All these small touches, it can give you a different perception of what you are having and it brings you to many different places. But because I know how the brain is working, I don't want that people get primed by the flavors
0: yeah they like oh this is what I'm going to get exactly yeah
2: because we all we all have our own preferences about what we are eating mm-hmm. and I know that there is certain ingredients that I don't love them so if I read it I always come in with the mind thinking oh I'm not sure if yeah. I to enjoy it yeah so I just prefer that people knows about the countries mm-hmm. the concept and then just be open to explore yeah. and
0: enjoy it oh I love that yeah We'll take a quick break and be right back with more from Chef Carmen and my tasting. That's coming right up.
1: Savina, let's take a minute to talk about one of my favorite things, cheese. Do you have a favorite kind of cheese, though, or is that too hard a question? Absolutely. I'm not even going down that road. Um, But I know the cheese I want to talk about right now, and that's Parmigiano-Reggiano. I was in Italy earlier this year and found myself surrounded by wheels of them stacked into towers, almost like a skyline. This is at our supplier Zanetti, which is now in its fourth generation, having started in 1900 by Guido Zanetti. His great grandson Paolo Zanetti gave me a fantastic tour. Most importantly, did you get to try both the Parmigiano Reggiano and the Grana Padano? Yes, absolutely. I tried various wheels of cheese of different ages and Paolo really went into detail about like which cheese goes with which dish that you're trying to serve. For a big occasion, like uh, together with a very good Italian uh, red wine or uh, you know, champagne, it's good to have a very well mature Parmigiano Reggiano, like a 3 years old Parmigiano Reggiano. If you want uh, uh, products to be created on pasta, uh, like sixty months old, uh, uh, grana padano is very good and uh, as a table cheese or uh, as an appetizer cheese or as a piece of cheese i used to have a parmigiano reggiano well mature parmigiano reggiano like three years old parmigiano so the next time you're serving something special for your friends or family or just indulging in a slice of pizza or leftover pasta for breakfast grate some of our spinney's food parmigiano reggiano or grana padano today Welcome back.
0: I'm Divina Devecha and you're listening to Nourish by Spinneys and my conversation with Chef Carmen Rueda-Hernandez from Bricks.
1: Hot so far, Tiff? You know, she has such a rich journey coming into Bricks and I'm so enjoying hearing about her philosophy around food and how much planning each menu involves. Exactly. And it shows up on the plate as you know yourself.
0: Yeah, I'm not too thrilled that I had to miss that day. Yeah, I wish you were there as well because you really missed out. Um, As she mentioned, the new menu is called the Silk Road, which traces that whole journey starting in China. We end up in India after that. But for me personally, the standout course was called Persia. Um, So you'll hear me try that in a few minutes. That's followed by Turkey. Then we go to Greece and finish off in Italy. Also, each course has a drink pairing, which was phenomenal. It really complemented the flavors of the dish. It took you back to the richness of the ingredients of those countries and even the tableware changes with each course. I could really go on and on. Gosh, just thinking about it now, you must be so busy because you're
2: running the restaurant, but you're also developing the new menu. Yeah, which <laughs> <laughs> yeah I would like to have a longer day if it's possible. But <laughs> I mean, I like to be always in the restaurant as much as I can to make the... um, storytelling for all our guests. I mean, we have a great team and in the team we have uh, some storytellers also. And it's uh, also fantastic but obviously it's very nice to see the reaction of the guests. Of course. Because it's uh, it's very special. And also you learn a lot because uh, each guest, they give a different point of view while they are eating. And sometimes you make uh, a dish and you don't think in so many things, but the guests, they get... Oh, I got this memory. Oh, I just get uh, transformed. Oh, I really moved to somewhere else. And you never thought about it yeah. because you are doing it. But it helps you to to realize that you can get a different notes and different yeah. touches. Oh, So it's very helpful also.
0: Yeah, no, I can imagine Um, how much, I guess, joy you get from seeing people react yeah. to
2: what <laughs> you've created. Yeah. It's something that I really didn't expect at the beginning. Okay. Because obviously I've been working in many restaurants but it's very special because obviously the the guests, they are in front of you. So we are just looking at the eyes. And this is something that we are missing a little bit these days because we are so focused into the phones that we forget a little bit to look at the eyes of who is serving you. But having this restaurant, obviously, it's quite small, so it's it's easier for us to get the attention of our guests. Yeah, and it's, it's really nice.
0: It's great to hear the stories, as well, like you said, straight from you know the mouth of the creator, <laughs> as it were. <laughs> um, just because it just makes such a difference, I think, when
2: you're able to explain your vision. I mean, it makes a big difference because when the guests they are eating, they know what they are eating, and if they have any kind of questions, they always can ask you directly. So it's much more easy and much more interactive, but obviously I'm creating, but I don't want to forget that I have a big team behind (laughs) that helps a lot. Yeah. So obviously I couldn't make it if I don't have the team behind, because it's uh, a lot of things and it's a lot of ideas also. There is a primary idea, but always it's being touched by everyone. Yeah. But... There's a final touch that we all have to agree on it. It's not only myself saying yeah. how we make it. Yeah. So I just don't want to forget that the yeah. team is a very, very big part on that.
0: Yeah. And so during um, service,
2: when you've got you know the menus running, how many people are working with you behind, behind the table? Depends on uh, how many guests do I have. If we have a full house, usually we have uh, two chefs. Uh, two servers and one person specialized for the drinks because it's a lot of drinks also yeah. so we use, usually we are six working for <laughs> the full house but uh, it's very nice it's very special also because everyone also knows what we are doing and everyone gets involved because as i say it's experience so while i'm talking everyone knows what they have to do right in the specific time so everyone is also involved into the story yeah. very, very directly. Now I do enjoy these
0: experiences a lot where, you know, like a chef's table style of um food. Ooh, what do we
2: have here? <laughs> <laughs> so in here we have our touch of uh, Persia. Okay. And in Persia, the concept is to be eating outside because Persia is a very vast uh, land by the records. Uh, in every book that we've been reading, we know that in Persia, especially Persia, they have to eat many, many nights in the in the outside. Okay, they didn't have so many places to stop. So I always keep imagining how they've been eating so many nights under the stars. Okay, so this dish is based to uh all these kind of moments where they couldn't cook so much okay and they wanted to have something warm so we create this special dish. Okay. It has a few the uh, different parts. We just give you one part today. Ooh, okay. So you can just open it. So I open with the yes. clips. Okay. And then you open and you take one of the parts you can just spread a little bit of the cream and a touch of the jam on top. Yeah. So we have a well clothed cream. We have a very nice brioche. And we have uh, some orange and L gray jam. So the idea of this uh, dish is to have this kind of warminess. When you are outside, you are having many sandwiches, many bread, and you just take whatever you have in the, on the way from here and there, and you are just combining everything. That jam is so nice. Mm-hmm. I really like that. I normally um, I don't normally put like a jam on my... Bread so much. Me neither. But that is beautiful. (laughs) That is so nice. We make jam and we call it jam, but actually it has a very very low percentage of sugar. Mm -hmm. So technically, that might be it. Yeah. Yeah. Technically, it couldn't be called jam. But uh, as I say, what we are looking for is to have a very well balanced uh, menu. So the oranges is giving to you acidity, but you have the touches of the tea and white tea because this dish is coming after India. Okay. Um, we understand that if you coming from India. You already have your tea in your luggage, so some of the things that you will be cooking, it will be part of what you have. So because you just pick your your tea, you have tea on your jam. Mm. And you make this in house. Yeah, of course, everything. Okay, brioche, cream, everything that you have, we make it in house. Oh my god, mm. Mm. That's really um, nice. they drink. it's really nice. The drink is a very yeah. special one. So we create a coffee kombucha and from this coffee kombucha we make a cocktail and this cocktail gives me a lot of notes of what I usually have when I am outside when I'm making camping when Mm -hmm. I'm going somewhere a very special flavor I have not really tasted a flavor like this in (laughs) a drink so we part from the coffee but because we understood through the books and through everything that we've been reading, that many of the drinks that they've been having through the way is being fermented. Mm. And obviously kombucha is a fermented yeah. drink. We wanted to create this kombucha base. And we like to add on all the spices and everything that we can have on the way. Yeah. So I think that this one is one of those flavors that they goes very well along with the fireplace, yeah. being outside. Having your nice brioche. I don't even know what to say. I'm drinking, if that
0: makes sense. Like there's different things that are making me, like I'm almost feeling a sense of not smoke, smokiness, maybe. I don't know what
2: else to call it. Um, It's a lot of uh, uh, warming it into it. Yeah. Because as I say, it's creation. It's a thought to make you feel something. So this is why everything is meant to be into us a specific way. And I genuinely, the pairing
0: between this and that is—it's beautiful. Honestly, it's very good. Um, we always
2: make first the dishes, and then, and yeah. then we have the drink based on the dish. It's beautiful. And for me, they are not mocktails because it has all the complexity that a cocktail can have. Yes. The only thing that is that we don't use alcohol, but we have from fermented pineapple to kombuchas to. So many different yeah. ingredients and so much thought behind. Exactly, that it's not just a mocktail which is a juice some um, yeah. fizzy. Yeah, and, and much and
0: more behind. So, like you say, this does have a lot of complex. I mean, we couldn't even explain fully the <laughs> yeah. previous drink. Um, so it's it's beautiful that that you're able to do that because, like you say, sometimes you go to a place and they essentially you just
2: get fruit juice mm-hmm.
0: which is fine but yeah. sometimes you want this
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah no no that's, yeah. that's true sometimes you don't want to get bothered and you want the simple but if you go somewhere and you want to enjoy the food sometimes you want to preparing extra mm. i then wanted
0: to ask if you
2: could perhaps talk us through the dish that would be from italy so um, Italy's is uh, a Probably it was one of the hardest to define because there is so much going on in Italy. And obviously, we all think in Italy. And if we think in dessert, we all think in tiramisu. But there is so much more in Italy that is happening. And we've been discovering that we wanted to create a dish based on coffee. Okay. Yeah. touch of chocolate. It has oranges. And there is a very specific part of Italy in the north, in the Piemont, mm-hmm. that they have a very beautiful hazelnut, probably some of the best hazelnut that I ever tried. Okay. That we have a very nice combination of orange hazelnut, coffee, and chocolate. That sounds divine. Together with a very special touch of, uh, you know, in Italy, in, in Christmas, they always have panettone. mm mm-hmm. So all these notes of this baking panettone, they are also involved into the dish. Oh, brilliant! That sounds so. Really it's a good. very, very interesting combination. It's gonna be always the last because it's it's gonna be a little bit more heavy because got it the nuts, the chocolates, obviously the coffee. Yeah. So we want that everyone leaves the leaves with the last uh, touch of coffee and chocolate. But it's, uh, it's a very, very nice, very good one. Nice. Um, I also
0: wanted to ask, because I noticed when I was walking to the restaurant today that there's a big signboard outside that says Cafe Bricks as well. Yeah. Is that, <laughs> uh, what is that? Are we getting like a
2: bigger Bricks experience? What's going on? So many, many guests, that you still have in mind that Bricks obviously, is a dessert place, and you can come in and you can have just like a normal coffee. Yeah. And uh, obviously coffee is something very special for us because, again, it's all about uh, the experience that you have is elevating its flavors. So we thought that it was a very good uh, way to serve something different Mm -hmm. to having a dessert place. Yeah. Only for desserts and coffee. Nice. So we end up elaborating this place, and at the end it's going to be... Uh, Bricks desserts, all-day cafe. So we will have uh, a nice breakfast in the morning. We will have our vitrine with a special cakes, individuals, or cakes for birthdays or any kind of celebration. We will have also like a good amount of uh, bonbons and chocolate creations. Lovely. So you can join there or you can just bring in home. Also coffee, speciality coffee, a lot of different drinks. Because through the experience we realize that there is so many guests that they appreciate a lot the cocktails and the drinks that we are making. So we will also have some of them into the retail. Mm-hmm. And obviously we will keep making the master classes, but now we will have a bigger space for master classes. Lovely. And a lot of things uh, relative all with food and desserts in a total different way. Uh-huh. So yeah. <laughs> that sounds Next exciting. Project. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> So when is that hopefully
2: meant to go live? Well, we hope probably it will be totally open by April, beginning of April. Okay. Oh, brilliant. I'm
0: looking forward to that. Um, So now I'm going to ask the question that we ask all (laughs) our guests on this
2: podcast. Um, What is it that nourishes your soul? So the um, easy and the right and the truth is traveling Okay. Is there a place, a country or a city that
0: you haven't been to that is on your list that you you're thinking, right, I have to go
2: there next? In in this uh, escape menu, the last dish is based on one of those countries that is in my wishing list. Okay. So, the number one country and the one that we have in the menu is Indonesia. Okay. And I've been living in Singapore, so Indonesia is very close, but for different reasons I never have a chance to go. It has so much there that I want to discover. Yeah. But the list is huge. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably number two is Peru. Oh yes. Jordan is also there. Mm-hmm. Uh Sri Lanka. Oh yes. Australia. I can carry on for probably <laughs> hours. <laughs> Because it is uh, a lot. Yeah. Obviously now I move a lot of more for food. Yeah. But also there is a cultural part that it really yeah have a big big thing on me. So obviously Peru they have a great great food, but they have so much of all the history, and uh, Machu Picchu is one of these things that I've been seeing all my life, and I really want to go and discover and see. Yeah. That is uh, definitely on my list.
0: Well, I hope that on your next holiday, whenever you take it, <laughs>
2: you're able to see one of these places. I hope so. Thank you very much. Yes. But <laughs> until
0: then, thank you for taking people on a journey of their own with all this food to different thank countries. You very much. I, I certainly have visited a few just by trying these. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. This episode was brought to you by Spinneys and is hosted by me, Devina Devecha and Tiffany Eslick. We're produced by Chirag Desai and artwork is by Michelle Clements and Jehan Youssef. You can follow Spinneys on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok for more and visit us at
1: spinneys.com where you can shop for fresh produce and a variety of local and exclusive products. We'll be back in two weeks with our next episode where we chat to Chef Daniel Belude. Talk to you then.